Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with the executive editor of Newsbusters, your host, Tim Graham. Hey, hey, folks. This is the Friday edition of the Newsbusters podcast. As you can tell, boss Tim Graham is taking some very well-deserved time away. So that means... Dun, 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 your managing editor, Newsbusters, uh, managing editor of Newsbusters, Curtis Houck, that is me. Uh, and joining me, as always, when I'm behind the microphone, is my co-pilot, associate editor, Nick Fonacaro. Choo-choo, the night train is here. Yeah, we're here. Um, heading into a long Labor Day weekend. Hope you all, as Tucker says, spend time with the ones you love. Um, speaking of things, well, you don't love... The Washington Post came out yesterday. We just have to hit this really quick off the top. I mean, I know this was from yesterday, but it is just like the most ridiculous thing, Nick. Here's mm-hmm. a tweet from the Post and the great gang, Glenn Kessler. Oh, boy. Here is a guide to some of the stories told by President Biden that cannot be verified or are not plausible. I don't know, Nick, but I'm under the assumption that when you use either one of those phrases, you could also swap out for a synonym. Because that's what we do when you're a writer at Newsbusters. You try not to, or just a writer in general, you try not to use the same words over and over again so you can solve the source. And one of the words that I think would come up is lies. Yeah, the Washington Post great fact checker, the the disher of Pinocchios, Glenn Keschler, would like to tell us some of review some of the stories, the the folk tales that Biden drops about himself. Oh yes, I mean in the in the article's headline, Biden loves to retell certain stories. Some aren't credible. Well, no bleepity bleep, Sherlock. I mean, of course. Yeah. Um, and as you pointed out, you know, very important fact. Uh, no pun intended, Glenn Kessler likes to give out Pinocchios. Well, that's his way of doling out ratings for these kinds of stories. And how many did he give this post? A whopping uh, zero. He, he gave none of them. He he'd apparently yes. preferred not to give any Pinocchios and just sort of cram all of Biden's false tales about himself from house fires to whatever whatever little I mean he told stories tales. too about yeah. what happened to his first wife he says first wife yeah. and daughter and his sons were gravely injured by a drunk driver tractor trailer when it actually wasn't true he was not a drunk um just a situation of people all, losing control all the different ways Bo road. has died apparently exactly my and, you know, telling the Afghan families that my son died in war just like yours mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. And Mm. essentially, Glenn, who, if this was Trump telling all these fanciful tales about his family, each each one would have been its own separate piece and with a four Pinocchio rating. But instead, he's going to... Or five. Yeah, yeah, he just crams them all into one piece. And notice that Glenn is also not doing his massive roundup of falsehoods that he did for Trump. Bottomless like, Pinocchios is what he said. Yeah, like the the, the 3,000 whatever, many hundred yeah, lies was, that Trump told. He's not... He's not uh, I just have to read two yeah. sentences from this piece. This is the first one. President Biden, like many politicians, likes to tell stories. Stories that attempt to connect his life story with his audiences and make up an essential part of his persona. Then he goes on to say, Biden's propensity to exaggerate or embellish tales about his life have led to doubts about this truthfulness. Well, that includes a story that he likes to tell. He told in Maui, he's told elsewhere about losing his home or almost losing his home, almost losing his home in a fire a number of years ago. He actually did that recently. Let's take a listen to that. 
I didn't know anything like that, but I lightning struck my house. We had to be out of that house for about seven months while it was repaired because so much damage was done to the house and half the house almost collapsed. Curtis, just real fast, was that him saying it for the Maui fires or is this talking about Hurricane Idala that just came through? Guess what? He's used it for both. He's used it for both. I mean, this is this is a guy who, you know, he doesn't really know when to stop. I mean, he's just going to keep doing it. Um, and you've seen I've seen liberals try and do this and say, well, he's just trying to empathize with people. No, it just makes people feel weird. Yeah. Like when you're trying to make it's like, oh, I had this house fire, like your entire community burned down. But I feel you because my kitchen, my kitchen curtains caught on fire. Apparently. Right. Well, it was, it's like it's yeah. it's it's like you're you're almost minimizing what happened to them by trying to equate it to your not nowhere near life events. And I find it really sort of ridiculous that this is what Glenn, that's like what you were reading earlier about how Glenn described uh, Biden's uh, little tales and how politicians use these tales to try to be um, empathetic and connect with people. Meanwhile, this is the guy who tried to rip apart Tim Scott's family story about going from slavery and poor beginnings to they're able to see one of their relatives in the Senate. Oh, well, like he actually wasn't, you know, bootstrap pulled up by his bootstraps. Really? His family didn't actually struggle. Yes. One white guy, Glenn Kessler is going to tell us, um, what yeah. the struggle is like, capital S struggle. Well, well even mm. well, even with the Tim Scott stuff, it's like unverifiable stuff. It's like, so you're going to rip Tim Scott for the unverifiable stuff. But then with, with, Biden is just sort of like, oh, here's these little, like, it's just Uncle Joe. Right. So speaking of unverifiable things, Nick, our Kevin Tober this week found a hilarious piece, hilarious moment, I should say, yeah, on MSNBC, where Chris Hayes, you know, he recently, what was it that he said recently? Like, the economy's actually in great shape. <laughs> oh, yeah. The economy's actually doing quite well. Like, what are you doing? Like, ultimate beta mail? Shut yeah. up. Um, his new thing is that DeSantis is trying to make climate, actually trying to make it as in climate change worse. Hmm. Like, I don't know what to do with this. Explain more, Chris. Republicans are climate deniers, but they're also trying to actively make it worse. Yeah. He turned down his, his supposed crime is turning down $350 million for energy efficiency incentives. That's what well, he's doing to contribute to climate change. What, I don't really understand this. Yeah, what 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 actually are the the efficiency initiatives? Are they like with New York like getting rid of gas stoves and all Which this isn't stuff? happening by the way. That is not happening. Yeah. It's not happening. Although I, What really this is about is if you oppose the Inflation Reduction Act from last year, you yourself are in favor of climate change and killing the polar bears and, I don't know, melting the ocean, melting the glaciers or something like that. Kaylin Collins tried to pull this as well. Alex Christie flagged this from CNN's The Source also on Wednesday when she tried to say to a Democratic congressman, Jared Moskowitz from Florida, 
you know, how are we going to thwart hurricanes like if Republicans aren't really there to help us or Republicans aren't there to help contribute towards legislation? And to that, I say, like, what what are you guys like the Chinese trying to fire those like flare guns or those special things where you try to control the weather? Like we're just one shot. Oh, like the, the, we're just the, one shade off of like Jewish space lasers, like trying to control the weather. Uh, uh, that's really where we're at. Because it is so cockamamie and it is so ridiculous. Ryan, why I forget how to spell his name. M a u m a u e I think is how you spell his name on the twitters. He's a great guy, uh, conservative guy. He's really into like meteorology and things like that. Yeah, I was correct. M a u e for his last name. We should follow him. Um, he pointed out, and he has been pointing out all week ahead of Adalia that. Like, what is wrong with these people, Bill Weir and the like? They're running around as if hurricanes never existed prior to, like, I don't know, 20 years ago. And that all hurricanes since then have been due to climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that's not true at all. I mean— Like, last year yeah. was last year was a very— Inact- yeah, yeah, very inactive hurricane season. We didn't really get, like, the first big hurricane— until well into the fall. You do you people do realize that in 2005 the year of Hurricane Katrina that there were other major storms and that you went through the entire alphabet and you started to use Greek letters because that's yeah. what happens when you get to Z There's, and you run out of storms and you have to keep going. And but, we haven't done that in a number of years or if at all. And this was the same thing that we were seeing like with uh tropical storm Hillary uh, hitting California, where you had, uh, uh, uh yeah, you wrote about An- this. Yeah, Andrea yeah. Mitchell saying like a whole bunch of different, to- getting a whole bunch of different times from different organizations. So you had like most of them saying that it's been like 84 years since a tropical storm or any sort of big storm hit mm-hmm. California. Yeah. And then you had ABC claiming it's been since 1997. Since everybody one- is <laughs> saying different things. Yeah, they're like <laughs> saying different times. And it turns out, oh, guess what? It was last year. 2022. Yeah, I that, mean, it, it did yeah. make, and it did make actual landfall. Like there, it made landfall in Baja California and Mexico, and then came up exactly to like, Mexico or to California. Cal- so <sighs> semantics. And see, that's the thing. That is such a great example of how the liberal media will move the goalposts in yeah. order to create their own narrative, even if it's to the point where between outlets they're using different years and yeah. they're all you know 30 years 50 years they're trying to years make to try and make a point they, they, they try to make it seem like this is this infrequent thing that's only happening now because of climate change but meanwhile what she, like while Andrea Mitchell and a lot of them were claiming that it's been 84 years that brings us to 1939 surprise surprise when you go and look back there were four that year that hit California in a row we're not like in a row, but like four of them hit that year within like a couple months of each other. So right. she, this one-off thing that happened that that if, if you were to believe her happened eighty-four years ago. Then when you go back to eighty-four years ago, it was happening more often. Right. Now, well, the the larger point that I want to point out is like for those that. Um I mean, I don't know if I've talked about it on Twitter that much, but like this is what I wanted to do before math got really hard in high school uh, for a living. So I kind of really get worked up about this kind of stuff. Um, The other thing that really isn't considered, and this also goes to like tornadoes when people try to less frequently, but some people still try to link tornadoes to climate change. I also say, even if that's true, 
even if climate change is a thing, you can't attribute individual two things. One, you can't attribute individual events to climate change. And number two, the reason that a lot of hurricanes are costly, like if you look at the top mm -hmm. 10, nine of the top 10 are this century, with number 10 being Hurricane Andrew in 1992. The explosion of pop in population growth and also population growth along the coast, people moving to Florida, people moving to all sorts of southern and the, states. And, the, the, and, the, and also, especially, uh, yeah, like oh, down in the coast, but also out in the Midwest, where you have an increase in the size of the urban sprawl and the expansion of suburbs, where you have just more people living out in these areas where 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 hurricane where tornadoes and hurricanes are occurring, or like you take the 1950s or 1960s, yeah. there could be mile wide tornadoes, and if there's nobody there, or somebody's farm is like or property is like 20 miles big, you know, wide across, and the tornado tore across, and you know, wasn't anywhere near the cattle. Like we didn't have the radar technology that we do now to indicate tornadoes. So how do we know if they even happened? Um, so. This is one of those things where the media are just incredibly dishonest. If they actually opened up a book like they claim to be, they claim to be the intelligent, you know, class, you know, the, the educated class, you know, versus, you know, Trump talks about the poorly educated. They're, these are supposedly the intellectual uh, elite with lots of pieces of paper saying that they're really, really smart. They don't, you know, if they would have actually applied some of that stuff, um, they would find that, yeah, I mean, this is a trend um, and also, yes, yeah, so you look at like COVID, for example, a lot of people move to Florida. Yeah, you know, things are going to happen in Florida. Like a once in a lifetime hurricane comes to uh, the New York City metro area where homes aren't purposefully built, like in Florida, where building codes are really strict to withstand hurricanes, things are going to happen. So, I mean, it's just really, really dishonest. Um, you can sense a theme. This is kind of like the theme of our podcast. We, I didn't even try this, which is like, where are the fact checkers in all of this? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and something that you found, um, Nick, this week too, that, I mean, again, it's like, where are the fact checkers? And this one features, I would say, the number two apple polisher in the White House press corps, <laughs> with number one being Mary Bruce. Yeah. Um, but it's not. Yeah, so you had... Uh Arlette Sands over at CNN here, uh, basically she was going off on Thursday about, I, I just want to preface this by saying it's like the, the media themselves largely didn't want to cover Biden, sort of his callous response to the wildfires in Maui, the him going, being on vacation for pretty much all of it. And then when asked about it, he says no comment and the excuse being they didn't actually hear the question, then why are you saying anything if you don't know what they were saying? But anyway, so to sort of deflect away from Biden's callous Maui response, what we're seeing, what we're starting to see is the media tried to say, no, it's Republicans who are the ones that are uncaring and callous and don't, want, don't care about the victims of these natural disasters because – you had her on Thursday going around basically spewing the Biden talking points and sort of bragging that and uh, warning, uh, pushing the White House's talking point and, in quote, warning to the Republican Party about funding, end quote, the recovery efforts for this, where she was basically touting that Biden was getting ready to blame Republicans for not passing the relief funding. And she um, she says here. 
Uh, the president has said that he is ready to call out Republicans if they don't get on board with this disaster relief funding. And then she plays a clip being like, I'm ready to point out to, say, to blame the Republicans and saying it's like, oh, why? Why don't you want my God? Why don't you want to help these people? Right, Curtis? It's, it's annoying. And then she she barely touches on like one. She doesn't give any example. She plays no soundbite, gives no no, no quote from a statement no. of a Republican opposing helping these people. And then she gives the tiniest admittance that there's a poison pill in this funding, that it is tied, that Biden tied the funding to Ukraine funding. So in order to pass funding to, for relief for Maui and for hurricane and for the hurricane relief in Florida, Republicans would also need to back and pass more funding for the war for Ukraine. Which I mean, you and which I, for me, you and which, I are both in like the extreme minority, folks. Yeah, uh, like so we we admit we're in the minority on the right on this, but but, but, but we can say it's kind of semantics here. Like they know that yeah. it's a issue it's, for the GOP. Yeah, like I like I support Ukraine, but at the same time, I think it's absolutely ridiculous to tie relief funding for Americans to that funding, right? Because he's essentially what Biden's doing by hooking these two together and knowing that this is something Republicans won't support is he's basically holding this relief funding. He's holding Americans hostage by tying it to it. And then the media sort of just go along and she sort of she did admit to this, but it was sort of like this this sort of bottom line points. And she, and this is again, like she, she knows that this is, she'll say that this is something Republicans don't support, but she's omitting, she omits that the, the polls show that a majority of Americans don't want to keep sending money and, and stuff to Ukraine. Right. Right. It, I mean, this is the game that you can play. I mean, uh, yeah. being a democratic press aide is the easiest job in Washington and maybe the easiest job in America yeah. because the media will set narratives like this for you in motion without you really even having to try. Exactly. I mean, you look at what's going on with Tommy Tuberville mm -hmm. and holding up, you know, military appointments because of the DOD wanting to pay for, you know, travel and other expenses, you know, non expense, you know, abortion yeah. procedure related expenses for you to travel to get an abortion. It was something that no administration had done before. The administration unilaterally did this. Tuberville says, hey, hey, whoa, 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 and he is the one who gets blamed for this uh, mm -hmm. for because he is willing to hold up military nomination until they give him some answers, and they say, why can't Congress have advice and consent on this? Yeah. It's something that the American people were not consented on. It is something no president had done before, so therefore he's going to hold this up. But they were saying, oh, just uh, the media have said Tuberville's the one who's holding people hostage. No. The administration put, you know, people, the GOP, in a position where they would have to go against their convictions of taxpayer funding indirectly helping to pay for abortions. Yeah. Um, and that's, again, what we see with this one, where the lead is just buried. Me and And meanwhile, like, he's tying it to the Ukraine funding, and there were – Hats off to kudos to NBC a little bit because uh, the other the other day I was watching one of their I believe it was uh, their um, it was like uh, the Today Show and they were talking with a, a resident of Maui and he was upset with the federal government. He's like they're sending forty billion to Ukraine, but they're not sending enough relief to us here. And it's it, like so the the American people 
are smart. They realize that like, but like the, the federal government is set, is sending more money to stuff to care for other people than they are for themselves for, 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 for their own people here. And even if CNN is going to try to cover this up, people, people, people know people, people are smart. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and, uh, CNN here, um, uh, Alita over here, she basically, uh, Arlette, I should say, um, Arlette, she tries to offset the fact, like in her p- report, she, she does admit that this is sort of linked to, this is linked to the Ukraine spending, but then she tries to offset that by noting, quote, re- uh, President Biden announced that they are devoting $95 billion from the bipartisan infrastructure law to try to harden Hawaii's electrical grid in the wake of that wildfire. So, end quote. So she basically tries to offset. It's like, yeah, he tied it to this, but he's also trying really hard to get you guys all this extra funding. Squirrel, you know, like, look over here. Yeah. Don't don't look at this. It's basically distracting from Biden's own stuff to just try to put it all on Republicans when it's the Republicans are just like, Republicans are are for this thing. Like, like, it's like we see with the DeSantis stuff. Like, he's he's there managing uh, the relief effort. And you had uh, Chris Hayes, as we were talking about, sort of ripping him, right? So it's like, like no crisis goes to waste. They're just they they want to say that he's making it worse. Republicans are responsible for all all the weather and all the bad things that happen. They're responsible for like race related murders. That was like the other thing too, like in the Jacksonville shooting. Like the yeah, the Sanders. Okay, so the Sanders is to blame for climate change. And he's to blame for some whack job who, as a minor, had been committed to a mental institution, and that somehow didn't prevent him from owning a gun. Uh, he goes out and buys a gun or guns, and then ends up uh, going to. Well, originally he went to an HBCU, and they had enough security and people that were that said something saying this guy's a creep. Why is he wearing a vest? Like he's been yeah. Yeah, what's going on? So the guy runs off and he goes to a Dollar General and kills three black people instead. Um, the AP had a piece that was talking about, you know, it was really kind of a cause and effect, like Stanish fought wokeism. Now people in Jacksonville are dead. You know, it's like, we're not saying he's the reason that they murdered, you know, the, the direct implication is not made, but it's made with many wink winks and nudge nudges. Um, yeah, and or it says, quote, uh, talking about DeSantis, that he embraced, quote, the party's increasing appeal among white supremacists and downplayed the existence of racism in America and restricting LGBTQ rights. The URL that our friend Eric Erickson noted even had after it was a APnews.com slash article Jacksonville dash DeSantis dash racist dash Republican dash shooting. Jesus. That's the URL. <laughs> Like they're not even hiding. Like they're like, they're not it's, even it's, hiding it's, it's, it. It's in plain sight, right at the top right, of the and web they page. Start with the NAACP. It started. Excuse me. I meant to say it started with the NAACP travel advisory. That yeah, they like had. he mocked this travel advisory, but guess what? It's actually happening. It's it like, was real because no. they died. You know. Um, and of course, they ran to all sorts of people. Uh, the few Democrats that are still in the state legislature a far-left black church uh, pastor to say that DeSantis has created and pushed a narrative, a division in hate that is anti-black. You know, he they ran to a state leader, as I said, one of the few state leaders there who said um, that we've been given warnings, don't, we've given warnings, don't pass this legislation is in the Stop Woke Act because it will only inflame intentions, don't pass this bad bill because it will promote vigilantism. 
don't do this because it will divide our communities. Uh, this rhetoric was always going to lead to violence. So what they're doing here is they're making a couple things, Nick. They're, one, they're really scared of DeSantis because they're attacking him from all angles. Mm-hmm. You know, the the White House press briefing um, on Thursday had Andrea Shalal, Shalalalal, ask KJ or Liz Sherwood Randall, the White House there, like, oh, isn't there concerns about power grid in the face of Adalia? And I'm like, no, that's not true. Like, um, you know, well over 300,000 people or customers, I should say. Um, so basically households have had their power restored uh, after the hurricane. DeSantis had miles and miles, if you probably pulled them together, of power trucks to all different locales as soon as the storm went through. Um, people that I know that have been in Florida for decades have said that this was the most efficient operation they've ever seen. And obviously given it's Florida, you go through a couple every year, even if it's just tropical storm, um, it's like they're used to this. People are trying to attack him from the left and the right, unfortunately. And, you know, and you have the accusation that he, is behind the racist murders of this scumbag. Oh, and that was the other thing, Nick, because he didn't use the word rape. Because he, he, yeah. he, in his statement, initial response, he said scumbag. And because he didn't say racist, they were like, aha, he's, he's with the murderer. And you're like, you don't call someone a scumbag. Be like, my man, my scumbag. No, you don't do that. Nobody yeah. does that. He's a scumbag, but at least, at least I'm just going to cover up that he's a racist. He's, he's a brother. For that. like, that's my so homie. It's like, so no, nobody, nobody does that. Nobody calls their friend a scumbag, I, or at least I you will, shouldn't. I will, two, two points. One, I will give credit to the one Jacksonville city representative who, like, yeah, when it was the heckler, yeah. who's just, like, shut down the heckling, <laughs> like, so- immediately. Like, we are not having that. A, like, I believe her, like, one of, like, one, part of her quote was just, like, a bullet doesn't no party and stuff like that. Like, she, she, that, 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 I... Once it was after he had, yeah. it was after he had said that he was willing to have more security at Florida HBCUs, and yeah. he, and that was one of the other things she said. Like he's willing to spend money, he's willing to bring resources or bring gifts. I think was her word yeah. to the community, and and they're like, oh, we're just gonna say no because we don't like who it was. Yeah, I mean, side note that that reminds me of this couple that my wife and I met, now wife met on our honeymoon. We met very lots of very nice people. Um, but there was one couple we met from California and we told them we're, we're from outside of Washington and they were like, oh, we really need to come visit there because we didn't want to visit there because of the other guy <laughs> of the previous four years. And Curtis and, was telling me this story and I'm just like, like, do they, do they think the president runs the district? Like the district has its own mayor and city council that are very much democratic. And like, like the people that live like, in Washington, like didn't nine, vote for Trump. over 90% of the people, like the, the district goes for Democrats over 90% of the time in elect, like elections. Like this isn't like a Republican bastion. Yeah. Republicans like by and large, people try to avoid California. Not be, not so much because Gavin Newsom is in office, but it's because they don't want to get stabbed or like get stuck with needles or have poo on the streets. Yeah. Well, um, I moved to the air. I specifically chose Virginia over the district itself or America. And, and, or Maryland. Because, well, largely because of the taxes, and it's a little yeah. bit safer, though. With source prosecutors nowadays, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit different. But, oh, yeah. oh, just real fast, my second point about uh, the DeSantis stuff is, like, I really wish, like, Dominion Energy up here in Virginia would take some lessons from that because we had, uh, during the summer, we had, like, kind of 
we had it was just like kind of a severe thunderstorm blow through it was mostly wind and then and it knocked right. my power out for like 12 hours it was just a little boop. yeah and, and it, was, it took them like 12 hours to get it back up and meanwhile florida they're they're out there in a hurricane fixing things like just like a few hours after it passes they're they're out there and it's up and running again <laughs> Uh, yeah. Continue. I yeah. No. 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 I. I was. I was finished with that one because I. I mean, our our boss Tim Graham wrote about it in one of his syndicated columns this week, and it's just something that the media always do. They do this with Donald Trump. They blamed him after the El Paso and Dayton shootings. Um, this is this is what the press do. Well, speak. Speaking of this stuff too, our our colleague Chris uh, Alex Christie um, over here, like today or on Thursday, he put out a piece from Chris Jansing where again, they were pushing, they were blaming Republicans not caring about the climate stuff. And she basically asked, she has Michael, Dr. Michael Mann on, you guys might remember him from uh climate gate, high the decline. Mm, yes. Former, uh, he used to work at Penn state. Yes. Unfortunately. Yeah. So she has him on the show and she's asking about the, the, the premises about Republicans not, being not being tired of all this bad stuff happening. She asks, quote, you also stress there. Uh, she's there to help hawk his book. So she basically asks about the book. You also stress there's still time to act. It's just a matter of how bad we're willing to let it get. If frequent death and destruction isn't doing it so far, Michael, what's go- what's it going to take? Yeah. Like the Republicans aren't listening to the death and destruction where again, these things are still not happening that often. Last year was a very lackluster hurricane season. Meanwhile, they were, every storm was supposed is supposedly supposed to be a cat four. We're supposed to get like ten of them a year. The, the like coast is every, supposed to be like every ravaged. week. Every like, week. We're supposed to get, it was just supposed to be like, you know, one thing after another. One hurricane in Louisiana, then another, it's the Carolinas, then another in the Georgia. Oh my gosh. It was supposed to just be chaos, but yeah. Uh, did not happen. Did not happen. Yeah. Um, but moving on, because we have just have a lot of things. We, we yeah. want a quick hit real quick here uh, with our time still left on the show. Um, we, we have new deck chairs on the Titanic, as I say in my story, uh, leading newsbusters. Uh, Mark Thompson, uh, not the crazy MSNBC guest um, that you may sometimes see. Um Different guy, different Mark Thompson has been picked to replace Chris Licht at CNN. Um, real quick, the cliff notes on this guy. Um, he started out at the BBC. He's British as basically a trainee, so basically a you know, production assistant in 1979. He rose all the way up through to become the directorate general, fancy title for president CEO, uh, until he left in 2012 for the New York Times, and he was there... Um, for a number of years then after. So he's been off for the last few years, just stealing money on boards. But Curtis, during his time at the illustrious time at the BBC, what, what was, uh, what was going on? Oh, right. Okay. So, uh, this guy, Jimmy Saville, Saville, um, he was famous personality there. He was, I don't know, you know, through like the sixties, seventies, eighties, um, I don't want to say like Ryan Seacrest or um, Casey Kasem. That's the yeah. name of the person I was thinking of. You know, he hosted the original like America Top 40. Um, nowadays, a lot of people think of Ryan Seacrest when it comes to being like a radio host um, in terms of like music and things like that um, or just being on the radio, national voice. Um, but Jimmy was that and it came out after he had died um, 
in 2011, 2012-ish, uh, thereabout, that uh, he had actually sexually abused hundreds of people, like including underage kids, um, all, including on the job in his time at the BBC. And there was this huge scandal. How could this possibly have happened? Um, and the report basically went very light on BBC executives, um, saying that people around him probably knew, but um, everybody else, you know, which they had no knowledge of this, including Mark Thompson, um, which... Of course, we pointed out Newsbusters at the time in 2012, neither Nick nor I were there, but um, <laughs> our Clay Waters, our Brent Bazell, our Tim Graham uh, all pointed this out saying, yeah, the double standard here is quite interesting. The New York Times has no problem hiring this guy just as this stuff came to light that his network had been basically coddling a sexual predator for decades um, to the point that while Thompson was still at the BBC, their leading news magazine, Newsnight, uh, had a in-depth investigation on his crimes spiked for unknown reasons, mysteriously. Um, so that, you know, was interesting. The double standard between that and how the BBC and the New York Times go full bore on the Catholic Church and the sexual abuse scandal, scandals, plural, that we've seen over the last few decades as well. Um, so that was particularly interesting. And then with the New York times, he had a column where he actually compared, you know, Trump to Hitler. He had that thing where, you know, you, you go back and forth, you, you evoke it off Hitler and then you talk about Trump and you kind of make this broader point about how the rhetoric is similar and rhetoric through time can really like cause people to do bad things and yada, 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 um, that the rhetoric felt similar, um, so this is the kind of guy we're dealing with. And he also said in 2017, when he was at the times on CNBC, that the times quote aims to be objective and to tell people straightforwardly what's happening. And that the times wants to cover America and the world objectively, independently, and truthfully. Nobody believes that. Yeah. Like, just- like, and this is the guy who has been tasked to run CNN. So the, I would have to say, Nick, that the inmates at CNN are probably feeling relieved. Yeah, as as you point out in your piece that the that Chris Lick got pushed out much to the because of the 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 bloodlust that the the that the CNN employees have. Not so for much him. for it was not so much for Lick too. I mean, it was also a lot of it was for Lick, but it was also for the people who hired Lick. Yeah, because they had gotten rid of Jeff Zucker, their so, dear leader Jeff Zucker. So it it really sounds like they found the the replacement for Jeff Zucker, somebody who is has just so much liberal like leanings as, as he does. But I would like to, to, to point out some of the similar, like some of the stuff that was happening at CNN, uh, during the time of, uh, of, uh, Zucker that sort of correlates to what this guy was overseeing when he was at like the BBC. So you had Cuomo's allegations of helping his brother mm-hmm. w- w- get through his stuff the allegations that Cuomo had abused a woman or molested a woman when he was at ABC, Tubin, Jeffrey Tubin. Need we say? Need we say same. more? Then you had all of those anti-Semitic posts that some of their crew and like in the international side were posting about like anti-Israel. Oh my gosh, that's right. There were multiple crew members. I think it was like two, three or four different uh, people. Well, you had the Jake Tapper producer. I was, that's also on my list. Yeah. The, the, the Jake Tapper producer. And I think there might've been another producer too for their primetime stuff that got caught with child pornography. 
right? So all of this stuff was going on under Zucker yeah. and over being overlooked with these like open secrets. Anderson of, like, Cooper's Twitter account. Remember that? Oh like, yeah. Oh that whole gosh. thing. Like, I, and, and now you have a guy that's basically Zucker, like pushing that liberal agenda is probably going to overlook some of this other stuff too. Warner Brothers Discovery yeah. was interested in this guy, I think in part because he did a good job at the time, New York Times writing the ship. Well, what he basically did was put a lot of things behind paywall. He made people start paying for news um, because that's reportedly one of the things that CNN might start doing. They might actually have a paywall and see if people will pay. Spoiler alert, I don't think people will. Isn't this sort of what uh, CNN Plus was about? (laughs) Right. Well, and see, CNN Max is coming back, too. I mean, we're going to have to deal with that, folks. You're going to have to come back for future episodes once that, especially once that launches. And and we're starting and we saw the headlines this week, too, where apparently if you're a subscriber to HBO Max or whatever, you're going to they're going to start interjecting while you're trying to watch like the Snyder cut of Justice League. They're going to be popping up with like. Uh, news alerts from CNN while you're trying to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to look at this up, but, but Den, Ben Dominesh had a point about that too, where he was like, oh yeah, uh, while you're trying to watch, I forget what he said, while you're trying to watch something, did you know so-and-so is racist? Like, <laughs> yeah, you're enjoying this cooking show and you're like, did you realize that cacti are racist? Uh, I forget what, it, it was something It was something totally unrelated like that. And really, that's what CNN's goal is going to be. You're just going to be going along, going about your life, then all of a sudden, you know, oh, here it is. We know you're trying to watch Dune, but have you heard about this indictment? <laughs> that was like, yeah, that's really, I mean, people are just not going to want to subscribe to Max and people have already had trouble or people not signing up for Max because they'd rather sign up for Netflix. They'd rather sign up for Hulu. They'd rather sign up for Disney Plus or Peacock. They, there's all sorts of things that they would rather sign up for. Um, I do not think, Nick, this is going to go well for them. I, ju- I mean, just like, you know, Reliable Sources Daily, while it was great for Newsbusters, it was not good for America. I'm I'm pretty sure um, the reason Paul Atreides was able to get the Fremen to uh, rebel is because of the CNN uh, news alerts. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Dune joke for the day. <laughs> uh, I I've never seen Dune, so oh, I'm, just, I'm just going along with it. It's fine. Everybody, people who are listening and who may like Dune probably know yeah. what you're talking about. It's fine. <laughs> Um, and, and finally, I think also, Nick, we want to touch on something that, I mean, I flagged for you and that I've originally seen earlier this week, Stephanie rule, yes. Stephanie rule, um, the lady who thinks inflation is really no big deal and something that Americans should be able to shoulder among yeah, other people d- were saving um, money during the pandemic, among other dumb things she said over the years, spoiler alert, not surprisingly, shockingly, not shockingly, she's not a very ethical person. Yeah, so apparently this is a re-surfacing uh, of uh, of some facts that have happened where she had like this very dubious, unethical, possibly romantic relationship with the CEO of uh, the 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 CEO and founder of Under Armour, I believe is uh, Kevin, Kevin Plank. Plank. Such a such an attractive. I man. know, right? Um, so apparently that over the years, they've gotten very close to each other to the point where he had given her this had actually all this information has recently come out in a deposition because uh, the Under Armour shareholders are suing the company for inflating their stock prices because Morgan Stanley downgraded them. And that's and how the relationship started, because she, Plank started working with her 
when she was at Bloomberg to try and counter that with positive press yeah, so to she, insist Morgan Stanley didn't know what it was talking about. Yeah, so she like he originally had funneled her. This had come out in 2019 where he was basically funneling her information and was like helping push uh base the the the, the company's talking points about this. And he had um rewarded her and this came out in an email uh let me just pull it up right here so uh in an email he called her quote a great thank you for being the only member of the media to get ua's back when morgan stanley came out against us and that's what he sent in an email to under armors one of their communications well you're boiling the you're burying the lead here what did he buy for her he bought her a phone just for her to talk to him with a secret email address. So he bought her a burner phone to just talk to him. And he also gave her special trips on the company's private plane with him, with him and some other executives. So, and I mean, according according to the, according to their deposition, they, uh, or, or according to the report from the wall street journal on the deposition, uh, they would correspond regularly and at all hours. Okay, so you mean to tell me there was no hanky-panky going on? And, and I mean, that, uh, according to the 2019 reporting that we we have from this, a lot of current and former executives at that time believed that they were romantically involved. And of course, Comcast MSNBC yeah. has no problem with any of this, and yeah. they haven't commented. That's, and she hasn't commented. She hasn't commented. She's had a couple shows now this week, and she hasn't brought it up. Um, I mean, I'm just realistic. I mean, this yeah. totally works because what what show is she hosting? The Eleventh Hour. Yeah. Who was there before? Uh, uh, Brian Williams. And, and what is Brian Williams' calling card? Uh, he's he's uh, the light the uh, Yeah, being a scumbag. Yeah, being yes. a scumbag. So, you and, know, it kind of he, actually works. It kind of exa- works. Exactly. And uh, he, uh, the uh, plank called her, quote, uh, she's a confidant. And, oh. uh, and, they, and he would help her with her career. And he, they would give us each other's little <laughs> life advice about human nature and banking. And she, oh. and in her deposition, she said that they were quote friends, and she quote covered his company unquote. And oh. the, and then she was specifically asked about like, well, when you were flying on his plane, what were you guys like trying to get? They were trying to get out like the nature of the relationship, and she gave this little mealy mouth answer. I was flying on his plane as myself, Stephanie Rule. I'm not really in a category one or the other. Friend or in a oh relationship, like or like. Well, that was as they were asking her, or were you there as a friend, or were you there covering him for work? And she's like, "I'm not in any of those categories." Like, what? What does that mean? There's that- so many questions. Um, it's it's just gross. Um, yeah. So, um, Bloom- well, she, she worked at Bloomberg at the time. Right. Bloomberg has not released a statement about this. Right. MSNBC or NBC has not released a statement about this. They've the uh, the Wall Street Journal reached out for, for comment from ev- from like all the parties. None of them are responding for comment. This is not looking good. It's not looking good. But of course, because this is Comcast and because they're liberals, um, they can get away with it because it's uh, to paraphrase our friend Chris uh, Plant. It's good to be a Democrat. Exactly. It's good, it's good to be a liberal. Yeah. But I'll leave you on a positive note, folks. Peter Ducey returned to the White House press briefing this week. I have a whole bunch of stories at Newsbusters about that. Um, because it's a podcast, I can't just, you know, can't like put images up. Um, but he had a question about hurricane versus wildfire response that had uh, Peter Alexander looking exasperated and Annie Linsky looking like from the Wall Street Journal looking like she wanted to shiv Peter Ducey because <laughs> he was actually tough. Uh, 
you know, to Kareen. So he came back from paternity leave, firing on all cylinders. So it was good to see him there. People started to worry about him, but he's totally fine, guys. He was I knew he was fine all along. You know, he he just took his paternity leave late. So um Anyway, well, that should uh, give you more than enough to chew over for the weekend, and I'm sure a lot of these narratives that we talked about during the show, Nick, will mm-hmm. be coming up on the Sunday shows as well, particularly a lot of this wildfire stuff as well. So, yep, we will be back next week uh, for more fun. Uh, Nick and I will be sitting in next week, so tune in. Um, Enjoy we'll, your Labor Day. We'll have a guest or guests uh, we shall see because you never know what the world's going to bring us. And that's one of the great things about being in the news business. And that is why you should tune in to the Newsbusters podcast once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.